Welcome to If It's On The Line, It's Out. I'm Paul Rowbottom, uh, tennis coach and administrator. And um, we've got... Courtney Walsh, uh, tennis journalist for the Australian. How are you, Walshie? Uh, a little seedy, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, mate. No worries. Now, we've got a, we've got a bit to talk about today. We've, um, we've had a bit happening with the Australian players uh, during the week. But, um, yeah, what, what, are we, what are we talking about today? Well, over the past week, we've had uh, cat intrusions on court intrusions. And we've got uh, a couple of uh, meltdowns. Well, one meltdown in particular that we're yes. going to talk about. But we're, we're uh, and we'll uh, follow that on with a couple of our favourites. Bernie Tomic, the tank engine, comes again. Another instalment. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be sh- showing any videos to my students of uh, Tomic in the near future, anyway, mate. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Now, what's your tip of the week? Uh, tip of the week. Uh, it, it relates to the old. Um, to the dummy spit and how we can avoid it. Fantastic. We're going to talk about Jordan Thompson, who uh, a young Australian who's broken into the top 100. What's in tennis in pop culture? Uh, tennis in pop culture. We're going to, um, in, in in lieu of talking about dummy spits, we're going to talk about John McEnroe and his and his forays into pop culture. Barely a dummy spit in his career. No. <laughs> and obviously, we'll do a quick tennis recap. What's happened in the results in the last week? No worries. Yeah, so um, while we're going to go to our updates now for the results, while she um, while while the tour concentrated on the uh, it's concentrated on the Madrid Open this uh, Madrid Masters this week, um, we'll have a look back at uh, last week's last week's results and see who uh, come up trumps. Quite a lot of tennis played around the globe in the uh, ATP and WTA tours uh, in Morocco. The Swiss Tamir Bizinski uh, claimed a title. Yep, and in. Um, and this uh, this this next result harks back to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about um, our Sam Sam Stoza who um, who made the who made the final in Prague and got beaten by Safarova, uh, but great result, good result. Leave Australian straws. She's uh, back in form, and yes. also a good one for uh, Safarova because she's been unwell. Had a big run in the French last year. I don't think she'd won a match this year until she played uh, this week in Prague. Yep. Won at home. Wow. And uh, look, great result for her hitting into the French, for both of them, really. Yep. We've got uh, Philip Coleschreiber, the old war horse. He defeated the young gun. One of the best backhands on the tour. Is that right? Oh, that's your assessment? That's, it's a thing of beauty, that is. Well, he's had a great record at home in, he, well, in Germany. He beat uh, Time in the final in Munich. That's a good win. Time's a, time's a great up-and-comer. He's an absolute star. Yeah. All right. Uh, an Aussie success there. John Pierce combined with uh, Continent to win their second uh, ATP Tour title of the year. So good to see he's going well. Pierce is going well. Life after Jamie Murray. Yes, so. exactly. That's that's really good. Uh, and Schwartzman uh, defeated uh, Dimitrov in Istanbul. Is that right? Yeah, we'll probably look at that one a bit more. Uh, yeah, later, given, there's uh, a few incidents on court there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Big week in Istanbul. And finally, uh, Nicolas Almagro. One in Portugal, he beat uh, Kyrgios in a semi, the Australian flavour, Nick Kyrgios in a semi, and backed it up to take the title there. So, yeah. uh, good work by the Spaniard. But uh, good work by Kyrgios. Not bad. Yeah, he's good, going good, well. Good return to the tour. Yeah. All right, we're, we're going to talk a, a little bit about Bernie. It was, it was overnight. Um, uh, Bernie was playing, Bernie Tomic was playing uh, Fognini. 
in one of the opening rounds of the um, Madrid Masters. And um, I mean, uh, Bernie was down, Bernie was down a set and five four. So you'd think he'd be uh, you know a shot of uh, you know staying in the staying in that second set five four is pretty close. Still in the match, even though he was, uh... he's down a match point and he's turned the racket around the other way, pointed the handle at the net to return serve, and basically hasn't given a brass razu about uh, about trying to. Uh, you know, get back into the match. Um, what do you reckon, Walshy? It's um, it's not it's not, a, not a great look for Bernie, who uh, has a habit of just shooting himself in the foot in terms of oh. public perception. I'm sure he doesn't actually care. Truth be told, he probably doesn't care what the public think. And yeah, you know, he's actually quite a likable fella off the court. If you, uh, you know, yeah, if you meet him, if you meet him, in yeah. terms of uh, loves his loves uh, loves life off the court. But this is just it's just a bad look. And we know, look, five four. It is close. Forty love now. If he if, instead of trying to hit the ball like a baseball with his yeah. butt handle, yeah. if he uh, makes a return, Fognini dumps a forehand. He can get the you know he can get a little tight. Any player can get tight. Yeah, that's right. Three three errors later, you're back in the match. Even, even if you even if you you know you love forty down, your winner point server gets very very nervous, and it's um you know it's anyone's game. It really is. You know it's it's tough to come up with a big serve on your match point. So it's just like um. He's sort of um, maybe thinking a bit too much about himself and not about what Fognini's going through as well. Like it's, so I just think it's um, ah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. <laughs> remember, remember the uh, remember the Russian Skipalov and Sapin and their uh, yeah their attitude to grass courts. Yeah, but it's for cows. Yeah, potato patch. It would be fair to say <laughs> that uh, that that for grass for those guys is similar. Yeah, Clay for Tomic. Yeah. Zip and three this year. I think he was two and six last year. Yeah, just can't go into the all. No, he should do. He what he should do is do a cashy and enter the uh, Beckenham tournament. Uh, even though it's not on the pro circuit anymore, enter it early, play a lot on grass, and just focus on what he wants to do. Skip, rather skip rather, the skip the clay court circuit altogether. Yeah, exactly. And um, and what else, what else are we uh we we. There's a bit of a there was a bit of an incident, wasn't there? On it was it was it in Madrid? No, no, oh, no. I was in the final of. Well, that was in instant Istanbul. Yes, we got Schwartzman playing uh, Del Bonas in a semi-final. <laughs> Del Bonas got the first. Schwartzman's up in the second, but again, pretty you know, pretty tight. I mean, I think it goes so to show yeah. how th- how easily players can get distracted. And but there's something random that happened. A cat. A cat. A cat invaded the court. What sort of cat was it? Do you know what sort like of cat little, it was? Like a little tabby. Didn't look overly well bred, I've got to say. But uh, not like uh, we've got a, you know, my gorgeous cat Nutball at home. Oh, Nutball. Was name. it Nutball, was it? Nutball by name, Nutball by nature. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, the cat invaded the court. Delbonis was uh, a little less than pleased and started uh, pinging tennis balls at it. And it ended up finding <laughs> him his way out of the open. Now... If you had, I mean, what I've got to say, when I was playing back in the day, playing a uni games up in Darwin, oh for, those that, uh, for those that know Darwin, you're on the far north, yeah. the Australian wild side, it's uh, the it tropics. <laughs> a lot of wildlife there. University games, possibly a little uh, a little hungover, maybe in a match, these things yeah. happened. And I was startled. Startled <laughs> when a Komodo dragon walked onto the court. And was that in between, was that in between a point? This is in between a court, in between a point, and we just sort of sit there, and, and every, people are walking past. Now, for those that don't know what a Komodo dragon looks like, can you explain? Yes, they are huge. They are like well, it's like a, it's like this lizard slash dinosaur. Yeah, 
<laughs> slash dragons. Slash dragons. On yeah, legs, and, it's, and they're little muscly things, like yeah. little muscly buggers. And uh, so, and I'd never seen one, <laughs> no idea. So that you better say I probably drop serve immediately afterwards. It's funny, like you know, te- tennis crowds do do tend to be you know an, an easy crowd for laughter. Yes, you know, and and every time you know Wimbledon's coming up, and every time like you know like a little, a little bird drops on court or That's something like hilarious. that. Hilarious, it is. It is unbelievable. Comic, comic relief. That is when a bird drops on the court. Who would have thought Hawkeye could have so much fun? <laughs> yeah. You had an incident at the French? Yeah, well, this is nothing to do with um, with animals as such, but something random that uh, happens on the court. Me and a couple of mates were, were in Paris at the French Open. We were, were um, waiting for Wayne Arthurs and... Pat Rafa to play each other in one of the opening rounds. Oh, of the, between the two. And would, and would the have two to, yeah, it would have to be an opening round of the French Open, wouldn't it? But um, we're waiting on, um, like, you know, one of the show courts, but it was, you know, like a, um, similar to like a um, Margaret Court arena. Yes, yes. And uh, we're waiting on the court and, and we an announcement comes over that they've moved them, all the Aussies are out, you know, in their little pack, you know, yellow and green and... They're chanting the and fanatics. going on. That, oh, I think it was the fanatics. Oh, no. And um, and then um, the re- the announcement comes over that they've moved the match to Susan Longland uh, Arena um, uh, in you know in half an hour's time. And um, the whole crowd lost lost their lost their marbles. Started throwing plastic bottles. We couldn't see one bit of clay. There was just stuff all over. Everyone's throwing stuff. Everyone's just enraged. And you can do that stuff in Europe, I think. You know, you can um, express yourself a little bit more and be a little bit freer. And um, and everyone had stopped. And everyone was and everyone was sort of just waiting around. And then one incensed Aussie took off his Dunlop bollies, tied them together, and threw them <laughs> threw them out on the court. And every, have, it would have to be an Aussie with the Dunlop bollies. And everyone's just giving him a, a standing <laughs> ovation. <laughs> so just another case of Aussies behaving badly abroad. Now, the drama in Istanbul wasn't uh, just restricted to the cat. No. Who uh, stole onto the court mid-match in the semi-final. The final... Peter Schwartzman playing for his first title against the baby fed against the baby fed Grigor Dimitrov and uh, look Dimitrov started well won the first he was up 5-2 in the second started cramping lost the third well put it this way he was down 5 love couple of points from losing the match Massive meltdown. Started smashing his rackets onto the ground. He done all through the third. He just, he just <laughs> lost, just lost his mind through the third. Oh, and smash, smash, smash. And so in the end, he because the last time he did it, third violation. Yeah. Game penalty. All over. So Schwartzman picked up the title despite not serving it out. Now Dimitrov after, just went wild, obviously on the court, but yeah. afterwards was so embarrassed as like he's issued a statement on Twitter apologising. Yeah. Like, his family down, and even even this week in Madrid, he's spoken about how he felt badly for Schwartzman because he denied him that chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of actually winning the winning the title, his first title. So he said he'd apologise to him in the. Yeah, but look, it's one for the you know he's got some anger issues, but we've, makes, we've, we've seen some great meltdowns in our time. We have, we? and and one guy, it just made me think. One guy who did have a lot of meltdowns in the past was uh, Goran Ivanisevic, but when at he. 
at his Wimbledon win when he won against Pat Rafter in the final that year, yep. he didn't have a sponsor for his rackets. Well, he, he, was, had, he was ranked outside the top 100. Yeah, so he had, he had three rackets. He couldn't just, afford to smash them. Couldn't afford to smash them. Couldn't, and he couldn't afford to smash them, which is a different mindset, isn't it, from someone who gets all the rackets, like, you know, they'll get, you know, how many, 10 rackets for the for a, for a tour of Europe and wow. then, well, more, more than that, but, yeah, oh. but they don't care. No, well, I mean, <laughs> Aussie, Aussie Nick and Darwin when he, uh, last year in the Davis Cup, didn't really want to be there and uh, had a shock loss in the first day. Fair to say, a few staff members, uh, local volunteers and that, were a little bemused when they saw him trashing all his rackets after his opening day loss. Didn't play on the Sunday. Not sure if there's any correlation. Might be hard to get, <laughs> might be hard to get rackets in Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> but Put him on a course, truck down the highway. You know, you've got the Baghdadis at the Aussie Open a few years yeah. ago where he just did a number of about three or four. Yeah. What about... Johnny Mac, do you remember? I was oh, there. Johnny, Johnny, yes. Now, jo- Johnny Mac's the obvious choice, yeah. but there was one that's close to Australian's hearts because it was at the Australian Open. Playing against Pern Fours. Yeah. Uh, clearly calculated, you know, Johnny Mac's antics, a lot of it was calculated to put the opponent off, to get himself going, yeah. etc. Just didn't realise there'd been a rule change. He thought he had an extra penalty or a code violation up his sleeve. Not so, as he saw it. The umpire had Peter Berenger, remember, with old yes. Pete, with the uh, the referee came out. The good, uh, it was a, he had a good mussy. He did, he did indeed. And the glasses, yes. Default John McEnroe as he stood there, hands on hips, and the crowd at in Rod Laver Arena that day was. Look, I was a, I was a young punter just yeah. watching and uh, watching in the stands, and wow. But if you if that's amazing, you were there, and to. <laughs> But to know what he said, and I'm not going to say it, but to say what he said against Peter Berenger, you'd probably think, yeah, I'm a fair shot of um, being kicked out of the country right now. <laughs> once, McEnroe, once uh, a journalist that I, uh, he was an older journalist at the Australian, uh, sorry, the Herald Sun, who fronted him, he uh, once famously fronted him and pushed him over as he arrived after some sort of episode with uh, with uh, former wife, I think, Tatum O'Neill, questions what have been going over there. So, yes. uh, Johnny Mac had some, but your favourite? Oh, my favourite. Um, it's quite a funny one because it's got a lot of uh, lot of levels. <laughs> Who are we talking about? We're talking about, um, at Wimbledon, we're talking about Jeff Tarango playing oh, uh, Alexander Tarango. Oh, and, um, and the umpire in question was um, uh, the celebrated French umpire, Bruno Rabot. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had, a, he had a, a ruled against him, um, you know, he had ruled against Tarango several times in the match. Um uh, when preparing to serve, the crowd heckled Tarango and he responded, um, Shut up! Shut up! Um, Rabot immediately issued a co-violation. Tarango on the grounds of um, audible obscenity. Yeah. Uh, Tarang- doesn't, it doesn't go well at Wimbledon. No, Tarango protested this and called for the tournament referee, calling Rabot to be moved. But no relief was given <laughs> to uh, the old uh, Rabot kept saying Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> and a co-violation was, uh, you know, was issued um, for unsportsmanlike conduct, and uh, and then um, Tarango took umbrage, packed up his racket, stormed off court to add it to the controversy. Tarango's wife at the time then slapped the uh, umpire Bruno Rabot twice in the face. Good timing on the slap. <laughs> Now, it would be fair to say we didn't see Jeff the next year in uh, 1996. I think he might have uh, been banned. Yeah, I think he was banned. He was eventually banned from the ITF in 1996 Wimbledon tournament. Look, I've got a little uh, a little funny aside with Tarango. Not necessarily me, but a mate of mine just randomly 
added Jeff Tarango as a friend on Facebook, and Jeff accepted. So very occasionally, <laughs> very occasionally, my mate will drop him a note saying, I, "How are you, Jeff?" But, but you you had another you had another another friend, didn't you? That, so this is the same the, guy. The, oh, it's the same guy. So this is uh, this Tim Rogers from Your Mind. Now, if we uh, Tim Rogers a Look, a bit of a wild man himself, had a, had a wild pass, the front man, North <laughs> Melbourne fan. And for whatever reason, I had a, a phone number in my mobile phone. Now, journos protect your phone numbers yes. you know, religiously. And I, look, I was a bit aghast at this. I can very much see the funny side now, but uh, <laughs> you know, not, maybe not the right thing. My mate had uh, had my phone and somehow got his number out of my phone. And just every once in a while. Got Tim Rogers' yeah, number. Every, every six months or so, he just sent a message saying, Hey, Timbo, how you going? I'm just sitting down and having a couple of beers. And Tim obviously seen this message from someone who he must have thought knew him. I said, oh, mate, not bad, you know. <laughs> he responded. He responded playing. And so this went up for a Not sad, mate. Not just very irregular, spasmodic contact. Now, he stopped it because I did, did point out to my mate that this is probably not, uh, <laughs> not, the, not the done thing. And I'm sure Tim Rogers doesn't know about it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well, let's discuss it publicly. Yeah. Now, we've gone from meltdowns to... Um, and we're going to go into the tip of the week. And I understand that this, uh, look, meltdowns, this is what your tip is, how to avoid them. Well, it's one of the ways. I mean, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has um, different wiring in the brain yes. uh, and different ways of uh, reacting to uh, situations. Tim um, Rogers is one. Tim, yeah, that's right. Tim Rogers is very, uh, it's, um, yeah, very relevant. But um, a way to... Um, keep concentration a lot of the time our players panic when they get out on court if they don't if they don't have a template or things in place to um you know uh, to externally concentrate on if they're worried about the result and if that's and, and that's all they're worried about that's when things are going to go astray um like we saw with Dimitrov yeah like we saw with Dimitrov and um I mean and 99% of the time, Dimitrov would be fine, wouldn't he? You know, and he'd have his, and, and I would imagine he would have his his templates or his plans in place on court um, as far as his concentration is concerned. But what I teach my kids um, is to have a routine. Routines in between points is really important. Um, and everyone's seen, you know, um, a lot of vision of Leighton Hewitt um, uh, fixing his strings at the back of the court. Uh Leighton Hill doesn't need to fix any strings because he hits, hits it so flat. Yes. <laughs> he does, that's, that is all routine for him. You know, you see a player. Just concentrate on exactly. that. Exactly. So, so um, a fair bit, you know, just say an example would be I would teach, I would teach uh, one of my students if, if they dumped a volley in the net, turn their back straight away because a lot of people just stare Stare at the at the mistake and and, and um, you know get a, get a bit upset and get all hot under the collar. Yes, but you, but you turn your back straight away, put your racket in your opposite hand, walk back to the baseline, fiddle with your strings, maybe do it, um, maybe get up on your toes a little bit, facing the back fence, take a breath, and then do it again. And you do that no matter if you do a mistake or you hit a or you hit a winner. Well, that's more likely for me. I never missed a volley in my life. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you treat you treat you treat the uh, the winner and the um and and the mistake or try to. It's very hard to equilibrium. Still. You try. Yeah, to. that's right. You try to treat them the same. Um, and uh, you know sometimes that you know you can you can execute it very well, and sometimes it just gets too much for players, and that's understandable too. You know, like it's a you know it's an emotional game, and it, and, and you're out there by yourself. But that's my tip of the week. Look, I I, I penned a piece last year called. Uh... My life as a tennis brat. 
when I was a youngster. Yep. The red mist with the sand, and I smashed too many rackets to imagine. And just yeah. all, when you think back now, you go, how stupid was it? But there are, it's costly, but it's also embarrassing. And um, and I've just got one one more little story about a, um, an incident with me as a as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, I borrowed I borrowed Dad's tennis racket, and uh, was what out, was it? What's it? Was it Canix? Yeah. Was a Canix, um, um, what is it, what are those micro, the micro strings? Wow. Back in the day, and uh, graphite racket, and mine was being restrung or something, and um, and I was on the grass courts at Warrigal, and um, I got a bit hot under the collar, didn't have my routines in place, and um, proceeded to, um, I missed a, I think I missed a volley, smashed the racket on the ground, it cracked, heard a big crack, looked up. And uh, saw my dad standing at the fence, and he gives me the old, come here, son. <laughs> and, and I've never been so scared in my life. <laughs> and yeah. I was, live and learn, live and live learn. And learn. <laughs> now we're on to uh, Aussie Watch, mate. And it's good news this week. It is. Very good news. We've had, uh, obviously, we saw Nick play well in, uh, in Portugal, Sam make it final in Prague. John Pierce win a doubles title, but we've got Jordan Thompson, uh, Sydney Sider, 22, broke into the top 100, and I think that's oh, it's amazing, a significant effort. Now, if you don't know Jordan, he uh, he's done really well in the summer here, hasn't he? He's a couple of the wildcard playoffs, I think 2014, yeah. 2015, he won those. Yeah, it's a big effort. Main draw of the Aussie Open, and he showed some good promise in uh, yeah. certainly in 2000, 2015, uh, but mainly been plying his trade on the. Futures and satellite, Futures and Challenger Tour. Yeah. But in China over the last few weeks, he's made some massive ranking gains. He uh, made a quarter, he made a semi, and then he's taken out a first Challenger title on clay. Oh. Just gone. And that's propelled him 28 spots in the ranking, up to 91. Significant for many reasons because it now gives him that exposure, the chance to play a lot more ATP tournaments, as we've seen with Sam Groth going back a couple of years ago. Yeah. Sending with John Millman. Once you can get into that, as long as you provide play pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah, you're on the main tour. You're in the, yeah. in the big leagues now. So is it, um, once you crack the top 100, is that is that a benchmark for, um, you know, playing more ATP tournaments? It is. Look, it basically puts you in the frame. I mean, you, still, you still have to, you know, you still have yeah. to qualify for some, I'm sure, but yeah. because of the, say, the number of 250 events like we had last week, the three tournaments. Yeah. So he would have got a game. He would have yeah. And Grand Slams. Straight in. So Straight if you, in. If yeah. you're earning thirty thousand, forty thousand, even you get rolled in the first round in Wimbledon. Yeah, that pays. That pays that for your pays for the you know for, for a couple of flights, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. So isn't that great work by Jordan? And I'm sure uh, I think he's a fourth ranked Aussie man now. Yeah. So That's more really to great. come. Let's see how he goes. And now to uh, finish off, tennis in pop culture. I understand we're talking about. John McEnroe, one of our men from the meltdowns. Yeah. So what have you got for us this week, Rob? In lieu of our conversations, um, well, Johnny Mac's always been um, a, a guitar player as well, along with Paddy Cash. Yeah, you know, you Paddy can see Cash. Them, you see them on stage during oh, tournaments. Oh, look, you know, with their stonewash, stonewash denim and Still um, favorite of electric mine. guitars. You saying the stonewash is out? <laughs> it's coming back. Wow, <laughs> it's all cyclical. But um, um, uh, Johnny Mac married Paddy Smythe. Do you remember Paddy Smythe at all from the from the late nineties? I do remember Paddy Smythe, but I also, I mean, he was he was formerly uh, married to Tatum O'Neill, Tatum as well, O'Neill. an actress, an so, actress. So tell me about Paddy. So Paddy, um, Paddy's a singer. Yeah. 
Um, and Rolex is creative types. Yeah, and 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 uh, in the ah oh, sorry, in the early nineties, Patty Smith, Patty Smythe, sorry, Patty Smythe uh, teamed up with Don Henley. Do you know who Don Henley's? I do. What what major group is he from? Yeah. The uh, Eagles. Isn't the it? Eagles. That's right. They teamed up to um to sing a song. Sometimes love just ain't enough. Really, which uh, reached the the, the top ten in uh, America. We talking a, about Tennessee love or love of a different sort. Oh, I think I think I think we're talking uh, love of all sorts right now. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so jo- Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac has um, always wanted to play with Patty Smythe. Yeah. Uh, Patty Smythe has has um, laid down laid down the law in saying that. Do you see me trying to make it on the pro tour of tennis? A very good point. And Johnny Mac thought he was a much better guitar player than he actually was, and it really set him back in his uh, set him back in his seat a little bit. A reality, uh, a reality, reality check yeah. for Johnny Mac. So um, that's uh, another one of our tennis players, uh, you know, sort of um, you know having dealings with uh, with pop culture and um, all the way to, all the way to the Eagles. Fantastic, I love it. And remember, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. And remember, if it's on the line. It's out. If it's all night, if it's all night, if it's all night, if it's all night, if it's all night.